Logan Thomas is back for Sunday. Chris Rodriguez is out for Sunday and is stoner, no longer a howler. That and more on your daily commanders update for 29 September. Let's go. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to your daily commanders update here on 29 September from ref the district. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner here on the believe network and stoner. Good news coming out from practice. As far as the availability of some players for Sunday, namely, as we get into it, Logan Thomas is going to be playing on Sunday. How big is it that he is going to be returning to the field? Yeah, listen, we like to goof on Logan Thomas a little bit. I know uh, EP likes to call him, uh, you know, dropsy. I don't know what her term is. You like to call him decidedly Decidedly mediocre. mediocre, Uh, But look, Logan Thomas is an important part of this offense, and he's an important part uh, of Sam Development's growth. He's very reliable. He knows where to find the holes in those zones. He knows how to get open, and he knows what to do with it once he gets it. So having him back this Sunday I think is a big deal, and will really be a big difference in what we saw this past uh, Sunday against Buffalo. Look, Cole Turner's a good tight end, and he's going to be a good tight end for a while in this league and for this team. But right now, Logan Thomas is that guy that Sam Howell really needs. Yeah, Cole Turner doing well in Logan Thomas' absence, but that actually does maybe help a little bit against the pass protection that they're or for the pass protection that Washington needs to do. Now, a surprising one that's going to be out is running back. Chris Rodriguez going to be out with illness. Yeah. So Chris Rodriguez, maybe not have been seeing a whole lot of snap stoner, but he has been kind of a lead blocker of sorts. Who's going to fill in for Chris Rodriguez. Yeah. I think you should probably expect Alex Armand to be called up. Uh, is he, I don't even remember. Is he on the practice squad or is he on the 53 now? I don't remember. At least till the practice practice squad. Practice I think he squad? just got called up. Yeah. Okay. So I think he's probably going to be the guy that's not going to get uh, scratched or or be a, a healthy sit on Sunday. So uh, and and he's he's a very capable guy as well. We've seen him over the last couple of years fill in quite nicely in that fullback role slash tight end. Chris Rodriguez has been doing. I mean, okay, he's been doing what he's been asked to do, but Alex Armand can really help, and so. Keep an eye out for him on those lead bo- blocks and possibly with some uh, with some helping out with screens and such. Yeah, he's a good he's a good player. I like Alex. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice, both will full practice and are planning to play. Forbes dealing with an elbow injury, St. Juice dealing with a neck injury. Yeah, you like those guys in Philadelphia, Stoner. So it's probably a good thing that Forbes and St. Juice are both good to go. Yeah, and I think I think this is kind of a revenge game a little bit for Forbes. Didn't I see a stat back in college when he was at Mississippi State? Devontae Smith was in uh, Alabama, and I believe Devontae had like 11 catches for 220-something yards or something like that against Forbes. Now, Forbes, I think at the time, might have been a freshman. Yeah, what, the yeah, age disparity way, there is uh, yeah. probably significant enough to note, as, yeah, as you mentioned. But, Smith would have been going into – his draft year and yeah. for his Heisman getting, trophy year. Yeah. yeah. So he was just yeah. getting going. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. But you know, now they're pros, they're both pros. And so you don't have that excuse by saying, Oh, it's a freshman against a junior or anything like that. But so it's kind of a little bit of a revenge game for uh, Emmanuel Forbes. So hopefully he, uh, he balls out this week. 
There are two players that are eligible to come back from the injury reserve here, and that's F.A. Obata and Federian Mathis. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera being coy with Matthew Paris as far as a timeline for yeah. either one of them. Uh, would you care to speculate for us here on Ref the District on <laughs> the return of either of them or the importance of either of them returning here in the near future? Yeah, that second part, the importance of them is bigger than than what we can tell you in terms of whether or not they're going to be available next week for the four, uh, game five. But the importance of two defensive ends slash defensive tackles, depending on where where you put them, it's huge. You've seen the, the snap counts for John Allen and Deron Payne. They're a little high, so you need to give those guys a little bit more rest, and these guys are quality backups. Mm-hmm. Federian Matz is basically a starter. If when they run the five two or five three or whatever they decide to do, five assuming one. he yeah gets regular season starts because it's we yeah. haven't really seen that in either of his two injury shortened years so yeah. far here with Washington. But and yeah, Percy Butler, uh, Percy Butler also uh, being a little bit limited, or maybe he practiced full, but or I think he might have been limited. What did John Kime say? Yeah, I'm going to bring that back up here because I I did accidentally skip over Percy Butler dealing with a foot injury listed as questionable. That's a big deal. He's your first DB off the bench whenever they go into a a three-man safety group. He's the first guy out, uh, you know, out onto the field. So if Percy Butler's not out there, then you're going to have to really switch things up. Now maybe you, instead of going to a safety, Maybe you're going to have to go to a fourth corner or a third corner, depending on, you know, again, what the lineup is. So it might be a Danny Johnson. Maybe it's a Jeremy Reeves who's going to fill in. We don't know. Ron Martin's back, and they could rely a little bit on him in place of Percy Butler. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of machinations, machinations, whatever that word is, on what would happen if Percy Butler can't go, being questionable. Need Percy Butler on Sunday. Yeah, need Percy Butler, that'd be a big boost. Fedarian Mathis, if he is healthy and can play, would be a nice boost to that interior line. Like you said, mm-hmm. spelling the two Pro Bowl players and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Yeah. And F.A. Obata is, of course, like you said, veteran savvy and good for that line as well. Uh, on the opposite side of the ball here, Stoner, mm-hmm. much has been made over those nine sacks that Sam Howell has had. And people have yeah. now kind of dug back to his college days sure and this has been an issue for him this is likely why he ended up being a fifth round rookie was his propensity to take those sacks and uh you famously here on ref the district have flipped from a non non howler to becoming a howler Mm -hmm. is that in danger that's in danger, Nathan. Bring up those stats, and I'm going to show you why that I'm in. Uh, I, I'm very, 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 very concerned about this stats. Now, this is a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. If you're just kind of looking at it, but I'm going to explain it real quick and very easy to see it. 102 quarterbacks have been drafted into the NFL from 2015 to 2022, and there's three slides here that's going to show every single quarterback. And look to the two columns on the far right and the one that's in all green, basically and that CFB P2S percentage, blah, 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 right? College football pressure to sack percentage. And it basically means that when all these players were in college football, when they got pressured, what is the percentage of those times they were sacked due to that pressure or 
Did they get rid of the ball or whatever? So you see the best. And again, this is every single drafted quarterback since 2015, 102 of them. The best were Garden Minshew, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, Mac Jones. You can see the list right there. Surprising Carson Wentz is there. But when I was, he was about at, to say Carson Wentz up there, Sam Darnold in the, uh, on yeah. the first page here. So they were, but you see Paxton some bigger Lynch. names. You see Tua, you see Deshaun Watson, you see some good, really good quarterbacks in there. When they were in college and they were pressured, they got rid of the ball. They did not get sacked that much. The column on the far right is what they've done in the NFL to this date. And so you see some of them are pretty much the same. You see Patrick Mahomes is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The way he was in college, he gets rid of the ball in the NFL as well. He's not as good as Logan Woodside, though. That guy well, has not <laughs> been pressured to sack at all. I don't think he's, uh, yeah. He's, he's not seen a played. snap. He's not yeah, even yeah. seen a snap. That's how that happens there. But I'm look gonna at Paxton talk- Lynch. Yeah, Real Paxton quick. Lynch is not great. He went from 12.3 to all of a sudden he went to 29% of the time. I mean, the NFL is a different animal. But most of the guys have stayed pretty much the same. You were going to ask something. I was going to let uh, for our listeners who are our our viewers rather that can see the TWP TWP percentage that is turnover worthy plays and turnover worthy play percentage. We're more focused on the sacks. I just wanted to acknowledge okay, sure. that. And 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 real quick before we get to some of those other names here is as I fumble through which of these buttons is the right one to make for our viewers here is. The point here we're making is, and the conversation that happened this week centers around the pressure to sack percentage because sacks, while often looked at on the offensive line, can and often are affected by QB play. Mm -hmm. QBs that are able to get the ball out quicker are less likely to be sacked. So even if the the line play is bad, and we've seen that with elite quarterbacks, right? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they were elevating their line. And when you don't have that, Patrick Mahomes often doing that as well as the Kansas City offensive line last year was mediocre at best, but he was Correct. able to manipulate the pocket and get that out there. So the pressure to sack ratio that we're looking at directly looks at this as how those are QB sacks that are happening when it, when it, when they, when he gets, when the QB gets taken down from a pressure it is more often or not more often than not on the QB because they Mm -hmm. didn't get rid of the ball rather than it being a free rusher type situation. And so that's why we wanted to take a look at it here on ref the district. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's a good way uh, of looking at it. And then if you go to the very last page, out of 102 quarterbacks, Sam Howell was 101st of all of them in college with a 26.7% pressure to sack rate. That means one out of every four times that he was pressured, he was sacked. And he couldn't do anything about it. And look at the names that are with him at the bottom. Guys like Brent Hunley. Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Justin Fields, Deshaun Kaiser, Jarrett Stidham, the bottom of the barrel of quarterbacks in the NFL. Now that can change. That can change. You can learn. You can adapt all this stuff. Like Joe Burrow is is on this list, and he has not even gotten better. No. but 22.2 to 23.9 for Joe Burrow. but So he's not great. Jacoby Brissett noticeably on this list as well, just (laughs) ahead of – 
of our man Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett with a 21.4 in college and 18.6. So he's shown some improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Washington, so this number 36.7, obviously not good. It's also a small sample size currently, right? It is. It is. But that 36.7, he went from 26.7 in college to now 36.7 in the NFL, which, by the way, dead last. Yes. Dead last out of those 102 quarterbacks he has in the NFL now, he has the worst pressure to sack rate of anybody. Again, I want to stress the small sample size. We're talking four Absolutely. games into his career. Even if he just regresses back to, or not regress, even if he just takes that 36, 37 and gets back down to his college days, you're talking, you know, a significant number of, uh, of sacks that have gone away. Um, okay, but, you but it's do still a lot. Improve. I'm not the saying it's not a lot, Stoner, but I'm saying like that would be an improvement from the nine sacks we saw against Buffalo, right? Right. But this is this has been an issue for Sam Howell. And this is what the the quarterback coach and this is what Eric Bieniemy they're going to have to work on and what they're working with when it comes to him. He has all of the skill sets that you would want in a QB as far as the arm talent and the like. That's his placement. That's where, like, he can throw anything. He's got arm strength. He's got the savviness as far as knowing where to place it. But the problem with him is he often takes too long to process. And that's why teams are starting to, you know, pull all seven defensive backs and linebackers back because you just give him all day to throw and your four-man rush will likely get there because he will move into the into the sack or – He'll eat a coverage sack. And those, again, are all plays that Sam Howell is responsible for. And and Nathan, this the college one, again, it's college and you only have the four-game sample size in the pro. But the college one is three Still years. Yeah. It's three years worth. This is not one of those stats where you can say, well, in his last year, he lost all of these guys to the NFL and all his entire offensive line was gone and everything. This is a three-year data size of being the second worst in all of college football for quarterbacks who were drafted into the NFL. 102 quarterbacks drafted. He was 101. Now, I, I don't want this to be a Sam Howell is terrible sort of rant that we're going on or discussion that we're having. I'm saying this is alarming. And that was against Buffalo that he did. He had the nine sacks. Now you're going up against Philadelphia. Then you've got the Giants coming up in two weeks. Then you've got Dallas twice in three weeks at the end of the season. This is not, this is, he's got to fix that. Mm -hmm. This, this is how he will fail if he ends up failing in the NFL. And this is how he will succeed if he's able to fix this. And I want to steal a quote here from our buddy, uh, authentic from authentic in the beard. And he said he stole it from Kurt Warner. Okay. Five years ago, but he said it today, just five minutes before we came on. I said, Oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm going to steal that. He said, go ahead. A decisive QB is the best offensive lineman. And that's what we don't have right now. We don't yeah. have a decisive QB, which means we don't have a great offensive lineman. He has to fix that or that's what's going to be his his doomsday scenario out of the NFL. 
He can't continue at 36%. He can't continue at 26%. He can't do it. It, it will not be. What successful. is that acceptable number then to you? We'll go back and look at Patrick Mahomes, obviously at 11.3. Yeah. You have a prime backup in Gardner Minshew at 18.1. Deshaun Watson is at 21. Tua mm-hmm. is at 16.9. Brock Purdy, who everybody loves, is at 16.4. There's your number. So, that's that's what you're looking at is 16.4. If he can yeah. just if he could so he not only needs to shave the 10% off that he has currently, because he has 36.7, he needs to shave 10 off to get back to his college 10 percentage numbers, 10, 10 percentage points off just that, to get back to his college numbers. And yeah. then he needs to shave off an additional 10. So he needs to shave off 20% to get back there, which I'm not going to try to do the public math is is more than 20%. He needs a yeah. it's 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 a 15, significant drop. It's it, I mean 50%. He needs mm-hmm. to cut it in half of yeah. his NFL sample size. Again, small sample size, that's all we got right now. And yeah. it's and and I say I I am okay with people saying it's a small sample size, but then if you go back, this is the same problem. This yeah. is not a new problem. If he sure. was like uh, if he was fumbling the ball all the time, but he didn't do it in college, then you can just say, you know, this is a small sample. Size. I, I don't know. That's a great example because people light up Antonio Gibson for fumbling issues when yeah. you've shown the that's numbers a big to sample show that size. he doesn't have a fumbling <laughs> issue. Yeah, but maybe but, he does now. Yeah, he's definitely fumbled twice already 14, this year. Uh, that's not Texas. great. That's not great. So yeah. Washington can't afford those Gibson turnovers, and they can't afford. Sam Howell to take so many sacks here against Philadelphia. So we just really stoner hope they do what now? Run the ball. That's it here on Ref the District's Daily Commanders Update for 29 September. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner. And make sure you check out our Saturday game preview with the Believing Eagles. Mike was a wonderful guest, and we uh, look forward to hopefully proving him wrong from his game (laughs) prediction. So you'll have to check that out on Saturday, releasing in the afternoon. But until next time. A decisive QB is the best offensive line. Be a fan. Be a fan.